0: Hello, this is the Baltic Reports, presented to you by journalists from Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania with Press. We are local journalists gathering main news stories from each Baltic country every week, so that you would get hands-on information straight from the region. My name is Anna Udre and I will guide you through the main news from the first week of November. The NATO forces stationed in the Baltics aren't able to put up a credible defense, a recent report by the US think tank RAND Corporation states. It would only take a few days for Russia to capture some or all of the Baltic states' capital cities. To make it clear, according to the Brookings Institution there are around 35,000 NATO troops in the Baltics, but Russia has well over 100,000 of its own just across the border. The RAND Corporation advises NATO to improve its capabilities in and near the Baltics and discusses whether modernized nuclear options should be on the table too. The statement that Russia could invade the Baltics in a few days is nothing new, but using nuclear to deter Russia is a recent idea. This would bring the world back into the worst decades of the Cold War's arms race. RAND Corporation has advised the Baltics before to prepare for a guerrilla warfare. Besides, there have been many people declaring that the Baltics will be the next targets after Ukraine. So, the report does not make any groundbreaking statements. Still, last week, Bloomberg reported that the possibility of nuclear escalation in a conflict between NATO and Russia over the Baltic region is higher than one might imagine. French President Macron reacted, saying that Europe will need to try to find common ground with its eastern neighbor. Not doing so would be a huge mistake. It is important to add that more than half of the funding to Rand cooperation comes directly from the army, which is often intertwined with weapon producers. For the Estonia's defense minister, Juri Luik, the whole situation looks over-dramatized. This Week in Estonia Besides milk, whey, fish and poultry, or in other words meat from birds, Estonia is looking into exporting beef and other types of fish to Chinese market. This was one of the topics discussed in this week's meeting between Estonia's Minister of Rural Affairs Mart Jarvik and Li Guo, Deputy Head of the General Administration of Customs of China. According to Dutch Bank there are only a few European companies and countries that have direct access to Chinese market when it comes to poultry besides Poland Russia and France Estonia is one of them since last year And there's a reason why it's happening right now. China has been struggling with African swine fever and so they are expanding their list of different food products. Export of Estonian agricultural products to China has already grown by a quarter in a year. But there is also another way to look at the meeting between the Estonian and Chinese high officials. International analysts have noticed that China has actively intensified cooperation with 16 Eastern, Baltic and Central European countries. It has generated extensive criticism and concerns among EU institutions and Western European member states. Estonian officials, not surprisingly though, have talked about these recent agreements with the Chinese government as if it was a success story where Estonians proved to be great diplomats and good food producers. In reality, the fact that China has chosen to open their market to Estonian businesses is not an accident and probably part of China's plan to increase their influence in the region. All the Baltic states have seen this in recent years. In recent weeks, Estonian political culture reminds me of Germany during the first half of the 20th century. Estonian gender equality and equal treatment commissioner Lisa Pakosta made this shockingly honest statement on Estonia's public broadcasting primetime show Essimena Studio. She explained that members of the governing Conservative Party ECRA aggressively encouraged people to exert pressure on minorities. The situation is new to Estonia. For the past few weeks, one of the governing parties ECRA, has been attacking the LGBT community. For example, last week ECRA members organized a protest against Estonia's LGBT community. The party wants the government to stop funding local LGBT organization. Also, a foundation for the protection of the family and tradition, a self proclaimed traditional family rights pressure group, has started many public petitions to stop funding the LGBT organization. The Institute of Society Studies, that claims to be just a research center, even made a poll on whether Estonia should keep funding it, even though the organization does not receive regularly state funding but has to apply for the money based on projects. Estonia saw many progressive steps in recent years. For example, same-sex couples can register their partnership in Estonia, which makes it the only Eastern European country where you can do that. There are regular parades organized and there haven't been any serious attacks. Analysts are concluding that maybe the progressive changes appear too fast for Estonia's post-Soviet society. This week in Latvia Around 4,000 healthcare workers protested in front of the Parliament Saima on Thursday, November seventh. The, the action was named One Day Without Medics and organized by the Latvian Trade Union of Health and Social Care Employees and supported by the Latvian Junior Doctors' Association and medical students, physicians and other medical practitioners. Protesters indicated that the fight is not about their wages, but a state of healthcare in Latvia in general, chanting Health for Latvia. They all came out because before the formation of the current government, the parliament promised and even defined in law that the budget increase for salaries in the industry would be 120 million euros in 2020. But instead, the industry received an increase of almost three times less than promised. Just before the protest, the government diverted an additional 18 million euros after reviewing profit outlooks for Latvian State forests and Bank of Latvia as well as putting off the opening of an embassy in Australia. But the medics were not ready to compromise. Latvia spends 3% less of its GDP on healthcare compared to the average spending in Europe and every fifth Latvian medical student continues their profession in other countries with better pay, work environment and professional growth conditions. More protests are to follow and if additional funding is not received, they will call for dissemination of the parliament. One of the highest profile trials in Latvian history happened on November 4th. Central Bank Governor and European Central Bank Governing Council member Ilmar Srimshevich appeared in court alongside with Latvian businessman Maris Martinsons. Both men are facing charges of corruption and money laundering but Latvia's court system is notoriously slow and indecisive when it comes to cases involving high profile figures and corruption allegations. On arrival at the hearing, Rimshevich, arrested by anti-corruption officers in February 2018, repeated his denials that if he had ever accepted bribes and maintained his innocence. Rimshevich's lawyer believes that his client, the central bank governor, has immunity from criminal proceedings, criminal prosecution and criminal charges. This is why he decided to ask Riga District Court in Yorma to turn to the European Court of Justice, so that it can make a prejudicial decision on this matter. Other examples of high-profile trials that are still ongoing are cases against high-flying businessmen Karos Mitterlsons and Odis Magulans who were both arrested on suspicion of taking bribes, one of them in 2010 and the other in 2015. Cases against them have been ongoing for several years without conclusion. The most notorious case of all, involving Venspil's mayor and Greens and Farmers Union well-known figure Ivar Slambergs, is now comfortably moving into its second decade. This week in Lithuania. The Polish oil and petrol company Orlen received discounts from Lithuania's government in exchange for support of basketball clubs. The clubs are owned by people linked to the Lithuania's Prime Minister Saulius Skvernelis. This is what the 15min.lt has recently reported. Lithuanian branch of Poland's state-controlled oil refining and petrol retailing giant is enjoying the smaller railway freight rates and has favorable conditions in the state electricity reserve auctions in Lithuania. For this, Orlan financially supported the Ritas and Lietkabelis basketball clubs as well as the Regional Basketball League. All these organizations are owned by the business people allegedly connected to the Prime Minister Skvernelis. This would make it the biggest corruption case in decades, also involving the highest government officials of two states. Skwednels had held unannounced meetings with Polish politicians earlier this year. Subsequently, he received the Man of the Year Award at the Polish Krynica Economic Forum. In September, Szwednalis also initiated the nomination of Yaroslav Kaznitsky, the leader of Poland's Conservative Law and Justice Party, for a top Lithuanian state award. After the report was published, Szwednalis has cynically denied that the Lithuanian government granted controversial concessions to Poland's oil group Orlen and rejected the news as deliberate lies. The UN is about to criticize Lithuania for how the government is handling discrimination of women. The Lithuania's periodic report was presented at the UN Committee on Elimination of Discrimination Against Women on October 31. One of the committee members, who happens to be Lithuanian, Dalia Leinartė, published her critical opinion. Currently, Lithuania's parliament is considering the amendment of the law which would make involving a third person a mediator in conflicts that occur within families obligatory starting from 2020. Lainert says that mediation is the wrong tool and will not stop domestic violence. According to her, attempting to solve the conflict behind closed doors is the practice mostly applied in Muslim countries. It basically means that the victim of the violence is trained how to live with a culprit but not defended from him. Today Lithuania is reluctant to ratify Istanbul Convention on Preventing and Combating Violence Against Women and Domestic Violence. Populist government denounced the Convention as the instrument of genderism propaganda that will undermine the traditional gender roles. Such message helps to consolidate conservative voters and mask the problem that was already grown out of proportion. Around 80% of appeals to police about the domestic violence do not reach the pre-trial investigation. The situation is being ignored by all branches of government, the recent addition being the newly elected president. On November the 1st, his wife, Diana Naustadyen, joined a crowd of family values promoters in their cause to ban abortions and lit a candle for unborn babies. These were the main news stories from the Baltics on the first week of November 2019. If you have any suggestions or tips, don't hesitate to reach out to us through team at fixers.press. Thank you for listening. Until next week.